my name is Pastor Doug Warburton, and welcome to Pop, a piece of peace, a shorter version of our sermon from Sunday, a chance for you to be in devotion or time with God wherever you find yourself today. I'm recording this on Tuesday, April 5th, and thanks for listening. So Sunday, in our Lenten journey to the cross, uh, I reflected on Jesus' words in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 23. It's the not very uplifting sometimes passage of the woe to use, where Jesus is calling out the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day. And he's, he's mincing no words. He's just calling them out. And they, of course, are offended. And it's easy to see in these passages how it is that Jesus ends up on the cross. Some of the passage that I read on Sunday says this, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, you stage actors, you, you're, you're just acting out this faith, you don't really mean it. For you tithe mint, dill, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. It is these you ought to have practiced without neglecting the others. And then I love this verse. He says, you blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. You strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. It's a play on words in the original language that Jesus would have been speaking in Aramaic. The word for camel is gamel. And the word for gnat is gamla. So he's just taken two letters and switched them. And in so doing, he's pointing out that you care so much about these little, tiny, almost worthless things that you lose sight of the bigger things. You're, you're so worried about swallowing a gnat that you don't realize you're swallowing a camel. In the days of Jesus, it was considered unclean to swallow a winged insect, unlike today where we love them, right? But uh, they would go to great lengths. They would strain their wine. They even had little filters they would keep over their wine goblets, and they would take quick little sips to make sure that, that a gnat didn't get into their cup. <laughs> and Jesus obviously pointing out, you're so worried about dumb things like this. You lose sight of bigger things like justice and mercy and faith. The prophet Isaiah goes on and says, because these people, God says, because these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me and their worship of me is a human commandment learned by rote. Jesus wants us to know that God hates it when we put on a religious show and we ignore the poor, the marginalized, the oppressed. God hates it when we just go through the motions, don't use it as a way to draw us out into the world to be the people that God calls us to be. I reflected Sunday on what did, I've been doing a lot of reading and listening to other leaders and people that seem to know what they are doing in this religious world that we find ourselves in. And when I say that, I mean post-pandemic religious world of today. 
And there's this general principle that's going around that most pastors say, yeah, that sounds about right. Basically is this number 30, 40, 30. 30% 30 of your congregation, talking basically in the Christian world in America right now, 30% of your congregation as a result of the past two years is gone. They're not coming back, they're simply gone. Somehow the past couple years have just led to, it might have been something that was heading in this direction anyways, but past two years sped it up and 30% are just gone. 40% of your congregation is dabbling. They're kind of involved, but not totally. They may show up to a thing here and there, worship here and there, maybe even sign up for something here and there, and then 30% of your congregation is all in. They are committed. And so it's 30, 40, 30. Now again, this isn't something that COVID did all on its own. It simply sped it up. This was a trend that the church has been heading in for years now. And so it might've taken 10 or 15 years, but COVID made it happen in two. So I've been thinking about this and I think that the question, especially in that first 30% and probably all 100% of people are asking is why does this matter? Why does being a part of a faith community, a Christian community, or any community of faith, why does it, why does it matter? I think this is a golden age for the church. It's a great opportunity for us who are leaders in the church or simply participants in a church to ask the same question. Why does the rituals that we do, the things that we do as part of a Christian community, why do they matter? I'd love to see us get away from a consumer culture that has kind of the attitude of what's in it for me and shift that attitude to what can I bring? What is it that, that I can do while I'm in worship, while I'm in a Bible study, while I'm in a small group, whatever it is that you're involved with, what is it that in this that's gonna align my heart more with the heart of God's? How is it that my heart can beat for the same issues that makes God's heart beat? Where can I find issues of justice, of peace, of mercy, of faith that actually make a difference in the world? We're asking a piece now, the question, because our wonderful facility sits basically empty six days a week, how can we team up with some organization or school group or whatever it is in our community that will allow them to have the benefit of using some of our space and maybe forming a deeper connection with us? I'll close today by asking you this question. What are the questions that you're asking right now about faith? And where do you find yourself in the 30, 40, 30 rule? Chances are, if you're listening to this, you, you don't identify with the first 30, that you're just gone. But maybe you turn this on by accident and that is the case. Well, thanks for listening. Maybe you're a part of the 40. And you might be asking yourself, what what would it take for me to become part of the last 30 where I'm all in? Let me offer these words of encouragement. Give. Of your money? Yeah. 
of your time? Yeah, say yes to something. Because what happens is when you become more invested in something, guess what? You become more invested in something. And you'll, you'll start to see that some of these things that we talk about on a Sunday morning are hopefully pointing us closer to the heartbeat of God's. And we start to care about the things that God cares most about. Faith, justice, forgiveness, mercy, kindness. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you soon. Thank you.